Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Now today we're going to be talking about something that has definitely been in the news and on the minds of a lot of patients and physicians these days, and that has to do with chronic pain. And what can we do to help people who are experiencing chronic pain, not necessarily to avoid taking any pain medicine, but certainly to use it carefully, judiciously, and in a way that keeps them safe and helps to treat their medical conditions. So today we're going to be talking with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is a psychologist. He has just written a book that has come out, You Are Bigger Than the Pain, and it's different ways that people can develop strategies to help them to maximize their own coping skills and what they can do to help lead as productive of a life as possible while they're managing with their medical conditions. So I want to thank you for joining us today on The Body Show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Nice to be back. Now, you've run the Comfort Clinic a few years back. We had a discussion about that, Mm -hmm. the idea that maybe instead of focusing on everything that's painful and not going well, helping people develop some coping skills to work on the things that are going very well, not necessarily that it's going to cure them of their pain, Mm -hmm. but certainly that it's going to help them to refocus where they're putting their efforts to try and make sure that they can enjoy some aspects of life. Now, you've put some of these techniques and strategies into this absolutely fantastic book that you have, that you have written and that you have available. What are, what is the basic method of trying to help somebody when they come to you mm-hmm. with significant pain and discomfort and feel like everything is going wrong in their life? Well, what are the strategies? Essentially, the, the two differences with the book and the way I work with people. Uh, one is that um, obviously um, the pain's not going to go away. It's like diabetes. It's not going to go away. But there are certain things you can do that could help you. So instead of focusing, strangely enough, on the pain, I invite people to focus on what I call comfort, which is a way to raise your mood and your outlook on life. Uh, But the funny thing is, where's pain? Pain goes through the nervous system and the brain. And a lot of the problem with people in pain is that they are sensitive. They're hypersensitive to all kinds of stimulus, okay, that the original pain problem started. So if you can lower the sensitivity then you increase a person's comfort. But if you focus on the pain, and this is where the difference is, then you're putting your attention on pain. If you try to manage or accept or uh, get rid of or avoid pain, it just focuses you on the pain. So I work with people and focusing on ways to get more comfortable around the pain. And so, again, in the book and what I do is I basically identified about 36 different skills that have been amply researched in my personal experience and many other pain psychologists, and we find these things help. The only difference with me is I repurpose these not to manage pain, but actually to increase comfort. So when we think about, you know, sometimes I make, and this this is clearly an analogy that seems silly, but but people may understand, and a lot of times my analogies may be somewhat simple, is I remember about five or six years ago, I decided that I wanted to get a, a red car. And every time I looked on the road, it seemed like I was seeing the car that I wanted and everybody else was driving it. (laughs) And, you know, I was just obsessed and focused. I wanted to get this particular car. I wanted to get this particular color. And then I finally was able to to 
find that situation where, okay, so I bought this car and I was very happy to be in it. But ironically, once I start focused, stop focusing so much on seeing everyone else in it, I stopped seeing them on the road. Yeah, and I don't think physically they stopped driving on the road. No. <laughs> I think it was just the fact that I was now refocused on something else. And it wasn't this, this thing that I had, this desire. I needed it. I wanted it. I got it. Now what? So, so when I think about some of this, it's almost like you're saying, okay, you can focus on the fact that you have this chronic pain and discomfort. And yes, you are valid in your complaints and your description of it and your experience of it. And it does not mean to suggest that you're not experiencing it. But as I did with every time I looked on the road, it seemed like I saw another one of those cars I wasn't in. If you are focusing so much on that management and dealing with that mm -hmm. and not enjoying the movies or spending time with your family or sure. a nice breeze that comes in the window while you're sitting there, maybe in your house reading the paper, then maybe you're missing out on some things that you could maybe refocus your attention on. It sure, sounds sure. so simple. I think I've made well, it too simple. It does sound simple. Again, people in pain are really in pain. They're right. not faking it. It's no. not mental. It's happening. It's happening through the nervous system. The problem is, there's an old saying, Wherever your attention is, that's where you are. This is sort of what you're saying. So pain is very, very um, uh, seductive in pulling you toward it. Okay, it's very loud, so to speak. So it's hard to ignore, but I'm not suggesting one ignores it. Let it be there. But there are certain things you can do in addition to your medical treatment, which you should have. But there are things you can do that will change your body. It's strange. It's basically, uh, as uh, uh, Daniel Siegel, uh, well-known psychiatrist who, who uh, works also uh, with the brain and various things of that sort, he said, you can use your mind to change your brain to change your mind. In other words, I can redirect my attention, and when I do that, it starts changing my nervous system. It calms down, and then my mind notices I feel better. But how do you tell somebody who's in such significant pain that they should be focusing on something different. I mean, I think that's really where I suspect the mm -hmm. crux of the problem is. Right. I never tell anybody, you should do this because I'm just shooting all over them. That is not a thing to do. I find out from the person what they would like. Would you like to feel more comfortable? And, and if, I, I imagine everyone and, says and yes. Most people would, okay. And if they feel open to learning something that might make a shift in their body, then, uh, well, often what I'll do is I'll do an evaluation, but toward the end, I'll stop and I'll teach them a simple little meditation technique. And it's not going to make all the pain go away. But the funny thing is, I would say nine times out of 10, people raise their comfort level in five minutes just by focusing very simply. It's a little hypnotic because I'm also guiding them through it, but still, uh, it's amazing. I've never ceased to be amazed how just using skills, doing things can change your brain. It's called neuroplasticity, you're probably familiar with it. You, we can actually change the wiring in our brain. So that's one way we can actually increase our comfort around the pain. Uh, just to, real fast, the, the analogy I use is you're stuck in a room, remember, and there's uh, a, n a noise coming up through a grate and it's driving you crazy. You can't get out, but you have a pile of pillows. You throw a pillow on it. Oh, that's better. But it's still screaming under the pillow. It doesn't matter. You feel better. You throw th three more pillows, you feel better. More and more pillows, you feel better. That's a, an image of how you can get comfortable around the pain. So you don't, if you don't have the control to turn the music off or the speaker off, exactly. you figure out alternate ways so that you can limit how much it is affecting you mm -hmm. and use your environment and surroundings to help you to do that. And that changes your nervous system and then you feel better.
Again, it sounds so simple, and it makes me want to just you know feel great about everything right now. All right. But when when we think about the logistics, I'm certain, given your many years of practice, you've had some individuals who have responded very well to this, mm-hmm. and you've probably had some folks who have had a rougher time kind of adopting some of these strategies. Absolutely, and and you know it's not up to me to convince somebody to try uh, to do something that might shift their comfort. Uh, aside from the medical options they're using. But everybody in this, you know, suffering from pain knows the medical options are limited. They're limited in how much you can get. They're limited in how effective they are. And in most uh, what are called interdisciplinary pain programs, and I'm the psychologist end of that, uh, we train people in various skills, a physical therapist does, uh, to do things to both prevent pain but also to increase your comfort. When your mood goes up, guess what? Depression increases the sensitivity in your nervous system for pain. Depression often comes with people in chronic pain. It's not because they're crazy. It's because the pain's driving them a little crazy. It would drive any of us crazy. But I've noticed with people who have a more positive attitude or do the best they can to, to cultivate it, they start doing better. And you take your time. There's no hurry. There are people this is not for. It's okay. I don't uh, strong-arm people. Well, and that's certainly a way to help welcome them to learning some of the strategies and pick and choose what works for them and Mm -hmm. see if they can find a way to find more comfort in their lives. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is a psychologist and author of the book, You Are Bigger Than the Pain. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about some of those other strategies, which he has illustrated in his writing and also does in his practice on a regular basis. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University, Inter-Island Solar Supply, and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here with my buddy, pain psychologist Daniel Lev, and he's here to talk to us about what are ways in which we can look at strategies to help us live with some of the medical conditions that may be causing discomfort and pain. Now, one of the things that right before the break you mentioned is it may not be for everybody, but it may be for enough people that it helps them in ways in which just teaching them these strategies allows them to self-cope In addition to the refocusing, are there other things that you can help people to do, or what are the other mainstays of the recommendations that you make? Oh, yeah. I'll I'll tell you that really quickly. Just just so you know, the goal is not for them to live with the pain. Who wants to live with pain? My goal for people is to live life and how to do it more comfortably. So the book, You're Bigger Than the Pain, uh, it's essentially a training book. Uh, the first 50 pages talks about the approach, but essentially there are I have six categories, six what I call comfort strategies. Each strategy has a number of skills. So you mentioned refocusing. Those are the hypnosis, meditation, relaxation skills that definitely change your body and desensitize your nervous system. But if you look at the face of the book, it's like this flowery, uh, beautiful thing, um, sort of like a pinwheel. And in the center, it says noticing. And noticing is to be able to start catching negative things happening before they happen. And two ways to to notice that is to notice triggers. Certain things will trigger uh, either emotional upset, which, by the way, this is good for a lot of problems, not just chronic pain. So emotional upset, anxiety, depression, whatever. If you see the triggers, you could do something about it. 
the other thing is first signs in your body, in your mind, uh, that uh, this is what a trigger sets off. So maybe someone with a migraines notice they get a, a little tension in their neck before the migraine comes. That's great. That's a signal. So then you can draw on the other five strategies to help that. So if I'm feeling that headache, I'll go to a refocusing skill, maybe a little hypnosis, and we know that that can really knock out or bring down uh, head pain. Another category is uh, moving skills, how to move through four different things, sleep, how you do physical movement, setting goals, and pain flares. You can actually plan how to deal with a pain flare. One of the things that people really feel a loss of is control of their lives. Well, we have more control. We just don't realize it, especially when you are armed with skills. Enjoying skills, another uh, strategy, and that is actually from the field of positive psychology, to raise your mood. We know when you raise your mood, doing fun things, laughing, uh, building uh, positive qualities you have, like giving or whatever you do, this brings uh, your comfort level up. Uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five. You think I know by now. A fifth one is rethinking skills, catching negative thoughts before they catch you. It's very easy to listen to hopeless thoughts saying your life is over. Uh, but you can learn to talk back to those thoughts and move away from them. So there's some skills around that. And finally, relating skills, how to relate both in creating new relationships because when you hang out with good people, you feel good. However, you also, a lot of us have annoying people in our lives. So how do you deal with annoying people? And I have several uh, strategies on how to do that to lower the stress because stress raises your nervous system sensitivity, raises the pain, but you lower your stress and you feel better. Not perfect, but better. So you mentioned some things that I thought we could touch a little more on. One of the things you said is sort of if you know that you're heading down this disaster path, And it could be like you know that a trigger for you is going to be, you know, sometimes I think about (laughs) the fun of family dysfunction. (laughs) You know the trigger is going to be Thanksgiving. Okay. You know that there's going to be this big problem and -and so-and-so is going to be there and you're going to be upset and all these sorts of things. So if you can anticipate that there could be some strategies you could employ in advance so that instead of saying, oh, no, we're going to go down this bad path again, and I know so-and-so is going to get all upset, and we're going to have an argument, and Thanksgiving is not for thanks, and everybody's mm-hmm. going to be upset. You can sometimes come up with strategies. Absolutely. So when we're talking about people who have physical ailments, physical pain, physical discomfort, mm-hmm. if they know that you mentioned migraines, they're having a flare, or someone who has back discomfort, and they know that if they're going to be doing activities – that are, you know, if they're going shopping and they're going to be on their feet all day, the next day their back is going to flare. Finding ways that they can manage those physical activities, like I'm only going to go to the store for an hour Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to come home and I'm not going to try and go to four stores in a day or I'm going to try and minimize and do the activity which will not get me to that point where I know I'm going to have a flare. So is that sort of some of the planning that you recommend that people well, do? Well, you're talking about what I would call is a moving skill, as how to do physical activity. For example, a couple ways. One is pay as you go, sort of what you were saying. I'll just do the amount that I can do to prevent getting a, a pain flare. So I'll go to one store. I won't go to four stores, for example. That way, I actually increase my comfort level because I'm avoiding uh, uh, overdoing, which I call ODing, and that can really hurt. Uh, but what if I want to do the whole thing? It's okay. I call this the payment plan. What you do is you want to overdo. You want to go to four stores. That's great. You just do three things. Number one, plan to have a flare-up. 
okay, I'm going to have a flare-up. Now, who's in control? You're in control. And I can tell you lots of stories about people that did this. They plan to have a flare-up. The other two steps is, number two, you give yourself recovery time. Okay, I'm going to go do this today, and tomorrow it's going to be okay. I am going to chill out. I'm not going to do a bunch of stuff. I'm going to set my life up so I can do that. And then third is use your skills. Use things to help you ride out the flare because you will have a flare. But what happens is people have a shorter flare because they feel more empowered. They take care of themselves. Uh, If you keep working hard, hard, hard with a flare, you know what you get? The mother of all flares. It's not pleasant. So this is one example of uh, what the example you're giving me about uh, movement. So tell me about some of the success stories that you've had. Oh, my God. There, there are many, okay, amazing people doing amazing things. Uh, I'll tell you a big one because this guy is, like, amazing. Uh, so I, I use hypnosis with clients, and, uh, and essentially it's a skill. It's not voodoo. I teach them how to hypnotize themselves, or I make recordings, and they use them. One fellow, he was about 69. He was on a walker. He had polyarthritis, which everywhere is aching, you can imagine. And uh, he was an engineer, a retired engineer. And he uh, was sort of skeptical, but he was interested in hypnosis at the same time. So I taught him a little hypnosis. He used some other skills too. And lo and behold, uh, within a few months, he comes in. I mean, I've been seeing him, and he has been practicing four times a day, half hour a time. He got rid of his walker. He used a cane. He felt a hell of a lot better, okay? Um, I asked him, well, how come, you know, and so I have this scale. I have what I call a comfort scale. So negative 10 up to zero and zero up to plus uh, 10. And so the negatives is, is the discomfort zone. But the pluses is not only is the – you're so comfortable, it's like the pain's not bothering you, but you feel good. He, being an engineer, re-engineered that, and he got up to 940 plus. So for him, that was huge. You know, not everybody does that. But, but people, when you put the time in, in other words, I say, these are skills. They work when you work them. This guy really worked it. Now, he, would, he used one skill a lot, but there are many other skills. You may not need all of them. But as you use them, other people never went to a baseball or hadn't been to a baseball game in years because her knees were bad. This one woman in one of our groups, she went. She said, yes, my knees hurt, but it was so fun that she, the next day while she was recovering, just thought about how fun that was, and it made her giggle all day. Things like that, even smaller things, like a woman, actually, it was a guy who had uh, neuropathic pain uh, in his arms, so it's like nerve pain in his hands, actually, and he was able to use a little relaxation, a little hypnosis, and a lot of laughing that helped him move on. And the thing about this is that a drug will help you but then it wears off. A skill builds th- your brain in a different way. So it actually changes your brain so that you can easily, more easily tolerate and feel better. So it increases your comfort. Well, and that's a very important point because as you, as you learn more skills, you build on those, you get even more comfortable, and that helps you to have a better ability the next time that something else comes along because you've enhanced those skills. Like you said, drugs sometimes do wear off, and the effect does not seem to be augmenting the amount of relief that you get versus learning skills. Can I tell you one more short little it. story? This woman, awesome woman, never thought she could be hypnotized, and she used it. But she told me, you know, I'll go to the store. She had terrible arthritis, and I'll talk to the pain. I'll say, okay, we're going to the store, and you better behave. Because if you don't behave, we're going right home. 
So she's in the store uh, uh, pushing the cart. She starts to feel the pain. She said, what did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? You have to behave. She goes to her car. She does 20 minutes of relaxation. It felt better. She said, okay, we'll finish our shopping now, but you better behave. She goes in, shops, and comes home. It's a different relationship with pain because it's about a relationship, not a disease. Very important point. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. I'm here in the studio with Dr. Daniel Lev, and we are talking about ways in which people can utilize their own self-healing to help them to continue to enjoy their lives, even in the midst of some of the difficulties that they may be experiencing. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about different ways that people learn from one another in group therapy as well. We'll be right back. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Urgent Care Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is the author of You Are Bigger Than the Pain, and this is a wonderful book that employs strategies for people to help learning how to really expand and increase the comfort in their lives. Now, right before the break, I liked the story of the woman who went to the store and said, nope, you know what? I told you we're going to go back in the car right now, and then we'll go back and finish our shopping. But you mentioned something and alluded to the idea of group therapy. I think there's such a power in what people can learn from one another that very often you can be in a situation where, you know, you feel as though you know all your answers and how you can manage things. Or maybe you talk to your providers, physicians, psychologists, etc., and they give you some techniques. But there's something different that happens when you are talking with someone who's been down that same road. Oh, yeah. And they often know some things that even your providers mm-hmm. may never be able to experience and share with you. What is the power of that group session kind of therapy? And is that something you find successful in your practice? Well, I should uh, say it's, it is and it isn't group therapy. Uh, we're not shrinking heads. It's a kind of a combination of a class and a support group. But you're right. When you are with people, like a lot of the people tell me in the group, they feel this one guy, he came in. I'll give you an example. And his head was down on the table a lot of the time. And I would check with him and say, you okay? You want to go home? He says, no. And finally, you know, I asked him a, a tenth time, and he said, no, I feel normal here. Because he's with people. He doesn't have to explain what he's going through, that everybody in the group is experiencing this. And it's not like we're doing a, a moaning sex session uh, together and talking about pain. Actually, I, we don't talk about pain very much. But when we do, people totally understand. So that support is important. Then the training, the skills training is the other important part. But you're right. When you're with people who are going through what you're going through, all the stresses you might have from family or work coworkers or whoever, that, that fades away some because you know there's a place you can go where people completely understand what you're going through. And the program we're going to have here is – I did this a lot at Kaiser for many years, and we'll probably have one here, not in Kaiser, but privately uh, on, on Oahu. What is your vision for having sort of a comprehensive place that people can go to deal with some of these symptoms? I mean, right now here in the islands, we have sort of a la carte. People can see different providers of different specialties, and maybe they'll all coordinate together, usually electronically through the medical record or through some phone calls and things. What would be the ideal version of how this could work optimally? Yeah, well, my understanding, and again, the program we're trying to put together is multidisciplinary. 
<clears throat> so it brings together at least three core professionals, a psychologist, pain psychologist, a physical therapist knowledgeable in chronic pain, and a pain physician. Uh, we each help coordinate the, co- the care of the person so that it's not just one doctor here, one doctor there. We sit and talk about the person and how we can best help them. We all see them, and then they come to a, a central center where, if it's appropriate, they work with a physical therapist on, on physical therapy, including some group. They work with the physician in finding the right healthy balance of medication or other medical treatments. They work with the psychologist and the things we're talking about today, how to develop skills to increase your comfort. Uh, all of these coordinate. So there's no one way to help a person. We find, and this is the research, uh, that this kind of a program is the treatment of choice. Better than a lot of back surgeries, believe me. Um, we also have, at least in the program we're having together, we have medical massage therapists. We refer people to acupuncture. So it's multidisciplinary with the three core of the uh, physician, psychologist, and physical therapist. So a person comes into the program. We do an assessment. We all each check them out from our perspective. We kind of put our heads together for a treatment plan and present it to them. And uh, then they begin. And often my part and, the, and also the physical therapist will do uh, groups. Mine goes about eight weeks, about one to two hours, but it's very comprehensive and it's very wonderful to be with other people in that case. And then, you know, if there's a need for individual appointments, people will do that as well. Well, and I think that just, again, it, it's, it's synergistic when you get a group of people together who have been in similar circumstances, who have those little tips and techniques and things that they've learned and ways that they've figured out how to handle certain situations mm-hmm. that they only could learn firsthand. And so it's not just having them share what their experience is, but also the idea of learning from one another. Oh, yeah. I mean, in one of my groups... Uh, I learned most of what I know from the people in the group. So this woman comes in with a big shoe box, and she says, this is my comfort box. And she has a little chocolate. She has a Bible. She has a list of, of letters to write. Remember letters? Okay. She has yeah, a list of, of things to look up on the Internet. When she gets a flare, she opens this box, and she does things with the box. It's a brilliant idea and many other great ideas on how to cope better, to raise your comfort level. Definitely. Well, I like that. You know, we always talk about having an emergency kit. You know, do you have a first aid kit in your car? This is her own first aid kit that she's created. I'd have to say if it was my first aid kit, I would have eaten the chocolate already. Already. Me too. I don't think I would have (laughs) let that sit very long. I'd be like, you'd be calling me from the first aid kit. And I put that that story in the book because it's so critical, you know. Just to have those things available. Mm-hmm. And you're right, the, the old days of letters. Unfortunately, mine are illegible. It's hard <laughs> for people to read them, but uh, well, there's good intent Well, Kathy, there. you're a doctor. Well, it's, it's a prerequisite. You have <laughs> to know. have horrible handwriting. That's right. But it sort of harkens back to what I remember even in residency, the hardest years of your life. You're working so hard, call every other night, but you're there with, with your group, your cohort. Mm-hmm. You're all working that hard. That's right. It's not so abnormal when you're all doing it. And then everybody supports one another. Support. And that's kind of the idea. Now, where can people find your book? Because I think it has some great resources and there's some wonderful information that a lot of people can take advantage of. Sure. I'll just say real quick, the book has two little training programs, a short one called the Brief Training and then a longer one. It's pretty self, easy to use. It's uh, at uh, Bookends in Kailua right now. Uh, it's hard to find other bookstores. If any other bookstores want to carry this, let me know. I will bring them to you. Uh, but mostly on Amazon, um, 
uh, you can find it there. And uh, uh, those are the two sources. You can always call me if you um, either need to maybe get a copy, but even more importantly, if you want to talk about uh, uh, chronic pain or uh, any ways to help out. And how can they find you? At 808-633-6569. That's 808-633-6569. And my name is Daniel Lev, L-E-V as in Victor, so you can look me up. I'm the only Daniel Lev on Oahu. The one and only. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today here on The Body Show. We will definitely have to do it again. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on our podcast, hawaiipublicradio.org, or you can follow us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk some more about ways to keep your comfort level high (laughs) and enjoy your life as absolutely much as possible and stay as healthy as you can right here on The Body Show. We'll see you then. Woo!